Hey everybody, welcome to Left Look, the number one podcast from the Gato Institute. Today is September 14th, and you're hanging out with us, we're hanging out with you. It's a real great vibe we've got going on here on this laundry line. Now, I'm sure you've all heard the news, because the stupid queen had to stupid die as I was uploading last week's podcast, but it doesn't matter, because we're bringing you the best possible coverage We're going to talk about the rise and fall of the British Empire, what the Queen was, where do uh, monarchies fit in today's society, if anywhere, and a whole lot more. But first, we have to touch on a few of the topics we introduced last week, but did not give adequate airtime to. They came up, you know, spontaneously. I, I don't believe we did anything that was too egregious. I mean, besides the sin of being ill prepared for an on air show. Yeah, it, it was towards the end. We were riffing. Can't blame us. <laughs> this is yeah, true. those stabbings that just happened like the day before, and then we just like didn't give them the proper attention that they deserved. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, come on, come on, Mr. Saskatchewan. This is a show dedicated. Slow. This is a show dedicated to spreading disinformation, as I like to say. Um, Tardiness is part of that. Uh, part of that plan. But uh, yeah, on that note, on the note of the stabbings, uh, breaking news, uh, circa five days ago, circa immediately after we recorded last week's session, uh, there has been a conclusion. All the news happens when we're done. Yeah, yeah. The the best news always happens either uh, right before we record or right after. Mm -hmm. I bet something crazy is going to happen tomorrow. World War III. Sorry. No, no, I, I I hope it does. It's more juice. Right? This is how it feels to be interrupted po- constantly when you got a bit <laughs> going. Anyways, go for it. No, no, I like it. I like it. It's uh, less time for me to talk about the thing that uh, I'm supposed to do. I love procrastinating. <laughs> Don't underestimate me. No, uh, procrastinating is great. So, in conclusion, uh, I think we've stalled long enough. The... Uh, after... Uh, I, I think they were tracking the fellows... Um, we briefly mentioned the uh, younger, the smaller of the two brothers was found dead last week. And then pretty much right after our podcast, uh, they quote unquote caught the other brother. Uh, but he had, and uh, I'm going to need your clarification here, Jacob. He had multiple injuries, which I'm assuming were self-afflicted and later died in hospital. Yeah, I'm a little uh, confused as to the storyline that the cops had uh, going. Great decision mm-hmm. not uh, bringing our heads together on this before the podcast, because yeah. uh, I feel too conspiracy afoot, but I uh, my tinfoil hat never leaves my fucking head, right? So I don't know. Um, I, you rock it, to be honest. I do. You look good. Thanks. Thanks, Queen. Thanks, King. Um, well... You're right. So what I got was there was, they got the guy on the, like a freeway or a highway or an 80 kilometer road uh, with a a tactical or a pit maneuver, right? Like, uh, and then when they got to the car, he had self-inflicted knife wounds is what police Mm. report. And then he he was reported dead at hospital. I don't know, man. You gotta be real fucking gutsy to get yourself with a knife wound, right? And it sounds like he bled out to me. And bleed mm-hmm. out means he went for his wrist. 
He went for his neck. Any yeah. any real attention, you, you pinch, you cauterize or whatever, right, on scene. Mm-hmm. And you just get it done at, at the hospital, right? I don't know. I I think uh, there could be, uh, I don't know, abuse afoot, but I'm not going to accuse, and I, nor do I really care. Scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can kind of see it from one angle, uh, you know, as you're saying, abuse, but I can also see the cops being really... Um, Seeing it as a great importance to catch this guy because they already lost the other one. You know, they needed somebody to pin <laughs> the all this, you know, terrorism, quote unquote, on. And yeah. uh, suddenly, oops. You know, I, I I think if they were to roll up on the scene and see this dude bleeding out, they they go, oh, crap, we got to do something. I don't know, man. The stats read caught alive dead uh pronounced dead at hospital i think that's all mm-hmm. they care about but yeah uh, yeah information i i you're correct though that you'd think like a, a an intelligence apparatus a police apparatus would be like hellbent for its own prestige on capturing someone who has insulted their prestige so uh-huh. precipitously right anyways yeah I have to wonder, uh, my other thought there, I have to wonder if in this uh, traffic catching, you know, uh, however, I, I'm i not really sure how it happened, but, you know, anything can happen when you're in a screaming metal death trap uh, and suddenly <laughs> your speed goes from a lot to not a lot. So I have to wonder if maybe there was some result of this uh, capture of the, of the police's that just went south like maybe this guy died as a result of that the tactical maneuver yeah no like yeah maneuver thank you totally uh like where you and what i mean by that uh audience is when one car comes up to next to another and attempts to tip it or you know smash it into the ditch right like it's a very Mm. it's a very polite term for a very uh violent thing (laughs) And I think I'm accounting for it in the way I phrased it, that, you know, probably this guy died the way the cop said, right? But, like, at the same time, there's a lot of room for shadow of a doubt kind of shit, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I have to wonder if maybe he kept his stabbing knife on the dashboard and it was the airbag that got him in the end. Come on, man. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) that's what I was picturing, too. Magic. That's magic (laughs) bullet shit. (laughs) Like... (laughs) But, you know, possible, possible. I mean, yeah, that's just a fanciful way of saying he, you know, the injuries of the car crash got him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I it's mean, a whimsical it's just, approach. It's so bonkers to imagine this dude sitting in a car having been tipped or pushed off the road and just immediately going, uh, I know, I'll just harakiri real quick. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. I... Wait a minute. There's one person I haven't stabbed. <laughs> it's Me. <laughs> It's so culturally not ingrained in us to to stab ourselves to death. You know, do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I, I almost can't. I almost am like, yeah, right. You know, like, yeah, right. That guy killed himself with that knife. But at the same time, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, what what's what kind of life is he facing? Solitary confinement for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, your mind does crazy things when you're desperate. Who can say? Yeah, and. Yeah, it sounded like he was pretty desperate even before getting in that car. Sounds chase. like yeah. he's been desperate a long time. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned last week he uh, he started 
drinking at 12 and doing cocaine at 14. That's fun. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that, that ain't <laughs> no childhood. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. There's, a, there's your conclusion. We don't say we never do anything nice for you. We move on to. That's right. We want to move on to something more light. I think we uh we skip the USSR carriers and go to the Queen's death and do something lighter because. Sure. <laughs> that bit took yeah. longer than I thought, and the the USSR carriers is not that good of a bit. So save it for the All right. well, Okay. Anybody who cared about a... those boats, to heck with you. Did you care? Give it a minute, though. What did what did we say last week that was wrong? Or okay, so I, I said a couple things that were wrong. Uh, I think I called them Kirov classes. They're Kiev classes. Is and okay. uh, and I was right. Uh, basically, every aircraft carrier that the USSR made were are uh, classified as uh, cruiser carriers. Mm. And so, uh, do you know what the uh, the Indian aircraft carrier looks like right now? <laughs> I did. I saw a picture. Yeah, of it. it's got the jump ramp on the front end, and it's got the side angle too, kind of like the American, right? You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. the Kiev class didn't have the jump ramp. There, it had a bunch of uh, ship to uh, surface missiles and ship to ship missiles and ship to air missiles that came up out of there, right? And the Indians just kind of cemented over it, right? Because they wanted more airplanes. They were like, "Nah, fuck the missiles. You know, missiles go yeah. on airplanes," is what the Indians think. <laughs> and so makes sense but anyways uh so every aircraft carrier that the uh ussr ever laid down was a defensive weapon was a weapon made for hunting submarines in an internal sea of the soviet sphere right except mm. except for the Ulyano- ulyanovsk which was only laid down and never com- uh completed but it was a super carrier and it was laid down in 88 and canceled in 91 uh, and right. a supercarrier is a uh, is an offensive weapon, and it's definitely against any uh, uh, any true communist kind of policy making. And what I mean by that is, I'm not a communist, but what they espouse is that they can only engage in defensive wars. And to truly uh, engage in that kind of philosophy, you can only possess defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's their saying, too, right? Like, I'm not, like, putting that on them. And so, uh, in comparison to the Chinese, who now have three supercarriers, right? Like, I can't understand. And they have a policy, right? Like, they're not just doing this and not, like, understanding that that kind of criticism can come forth. They have a policy called uh, forward defense or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Which, you know, give me a... Yeah, the best defense. It's a good offense, yeah, right? It's give me a break, right? <laughs> give me a break. So anyways, that's the end of that bit, really. But I, I just wanted to uh, correct the disinformation that was the Kirov class. And uh, uh, and I was thinking uh, about, I think I said there was only the two supercarriers. And I got confused because I knew that there was a one supercarrier that the Indians had and that the Russians still had one. But the Indians converted their uh, cruiser carrier by getting rid of the missiles and just putting more airplanes on it, and then it's a supercarrier, then it's an offensive weapon. Mm. Beauty. All right. Nice. Your history of carriers. Now, moving on to the history of... The British Empire. Disease carriers. Disease carriers? Ooh. Uh-huh. That was funny. <laughs> that was... <laughs> little <laughs> little pirouette there what's, what's that book you're referencing uh guns steel and germs or something like that i don't remember 
Yeah, some, I don't. I don't know. Ugh, that's uh. I can't read. I read. Wait, wait, wait. You can't read? <laughs> no, I can. I can read. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I was gonna blame the filthy colonizers for that, but uh, oh, right. missed opportunity. <laughs> no. If anything, they taught me how to read. Really? Oh, they Which... they taught you how to read their language, though. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the queen is has died. I was uh, I was. Let's get an F in chat. Yeah. The queen is dead. Long live the king. After, after show respect or whatever. Um. Yeah, I, I put a thing on my Instagram today, which was a a, a Reddit uh, title of a article, and it is uh, the cops show the queen respect by burying United Kingdom's uh, civil rights beside her. Oh. <laughs> and I thought it was just the perfect fucking title, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, you know, I probably surprisingly to uh, returning listeners, I'm gonna come out swinging against the uh, the British Empire tonight to play my own kind of devil's advocate. And I've built up this extended bit to do everything I can to savage the British Empire and the crown and everything they stand for, right? But Oh, oh, Jacob, I I hate to break it to you. I I think they already did it to themselves. They did do it to themselves. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to see where we end up because... Uh, yeah, we'll let you have this too. No, you won't. You, you it, deserve it. Yeah, we love the queen, so we're going to... Uh, yeah, we're going uh, to defend the queen. We're going to be queen. God's advocate. You're on, you're on my side, so uh, hopefully you won't interrupt me with dumb shit, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Oof. Oof. That's a low bar, and brother, I love tripping. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've actually been watching a lot of this, uh, like the tour, Operation London Bridge, as it's called. Uh, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean when I'm saying this? The audience might not. Uh, the... There was an operation for when the Queen died, and it was called Operation right. London Bridge. And when the code word to announce it was Operation London, sorry, London Bridge has fallen down, is how they are. Uh, oh my God. Isn't it so great? What a world do we uh. live in? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, I've been watching a lot of the. Uh, the pageantry on uh, CNN and it's been on actually like every channel uh, like yeah. Fox a little less uh, contiguously, but uh, the, it's been a, like a real smooth transfer of power. You know what I mean? And I just did not expect that. And like, I don't think many people who have commented on Charles's life expected that either. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, what a momentous thing that is, I think was, uh, I was watching CNN today and I uh, found the perfect metaphor for what, kind of like achievement that is and it's they had the crown the imperial state crown on top Mm of the uh the coffin which was draped with the uh the royal standard right and they just paraded this crown through the streets right and the crown the imperial state crown is cool because it has the biggest diamond they ever found in india set right in front <laughs> underneath a cross so as to look like an eye that stares at oh. you with all imperial power right mm. and okay yeah, yeah. and for them to parade such an item through the streets right after the death of such an integral piece in my opinion of such a delicate uh and uh breakable political system it shows that everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine until this guy dies, right? 
<laughs> and uh yeah, yeah that's very english and uh, despite all that you know like and despite my view that the commonwealth is good right like i i'm coming back again like the empire was evil right like the mm-hmm. the empire did nothing good right like nothing ever good right like yeah like it, and not just like uh, initially evil, you know, where like they they spread slavery and all that. No, like I'm talking about evil where you can identify it as such. Evil at the height of power. Evil, evil when it was excessive. Evil when they didn't need to do the shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the type of evil Nietzschean talks about when he talks about power is only there when it can uh, when it can accept the dissident voices, right? When it can accept these things that cry out against it, right? That's only true power. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the British had that and they, they wanted more sometimes. And it, and it was only because they could see that they had missed their chance for global hegemony when, the, when they let the Americans go, I think. And it was like, they were crying about it, but still that's no excuse. Yeah. It was, it was evil. Some of the shit they did. And I, I, thought about Some. lots lots of the shit they did but you know there we go uh um i was trying to think of a way to like uh get it across really quickly to the audience uh some evil shit that they did and evil at like the height of power evil at the high imperial stage right and so i'm gonna do uh-huh. church uh winston churchill and i'm gonna do three little bits <laughs> i'm gonna do three little bits on winston churchill uh okay okay they're uh after uh, World War II started, uh, Winston Churchill sent this letter. It's an infamous letter, and it's uh, to the uh, the the Raj. The uh, I, I don't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head what his uh, the leader of the Raj's title was right now. Right, the the governor, the Grand Governor, or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. They have. The, it's a defunct government that we never lived under. Just forget about yeah. it. Yeah. It's called the Raj. It was India at one point. Anyways, he writes a letter to this guy, and he says, Viceroy? Thank you. Sorry. Well done. Uh, <laughs> he writes a letter to this guy and says, As much as possible, you must maintain the martial races, right? And I'm going to explain that what that is in a bit, but we're talking about at a time... Yeah, really loud, Julian. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about at a time when millions of men are trying to be mustered. Every man throughout every continent that can be grabbed and put a gun in his hand, that's what's being done mm. at this time, right? And he's talking about maintaining the martial races. And the martial races are the strategy India kept, uh, sorry, the British used to keep India down while they held right. India. And what it is is instead of using the big ethnic groups that make up the Indians – they the rajas the uh the mathras and the uh the bang uh the 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 eastern side the bangladeshis those are the three major not ethnic national uh like linguistic i guess is the best word right uh groups cultural yeah they're cultural they're all hindu right but like we're talking about where they could uh, form a center of power around where they could form their own hegemony with own India yeah. to liberate it. That's we're talking about a threat that they see instead of those, oh, instead okay. of recruiting from those groups. And they did recruit from those groups, but only from the Brahmin caste. So they would have regiments right. of like nobles basically from those groups. And then mm-hmm. as well, they would have 
the martial races, which were these hill peoples, these small peoples, these northern peoples, anyone they, right. anyone, mountain peoples especially, like Nepalese and, like, they worship these Nepalese, and rightly, mm. in my opinion, there are stories about some shit that Nepalese Gurkhas did for Victoria's Crosses that make, oh, goodness. That make me scared of them. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the evil we're talking about, right? We're talking about a man who thinks about racially keeping a people down forever. We, he's got people in his ear saying there's no physical way we can keep India after 1950. Can't be done. Won't be done. Hmm. It's on record it's being said. Every man around him that worth his salt was saying it. And he's thinking, yeah. got to use the martial races, man. Like... Well, there was a good chance of him not even keeping England at that point. Yeah. At the outbreak of the war. Yeah. To me, he should have been extending all olive branches to everywhere at once. And maybe he wouldn't have lost Singapore and the global empire because of it. But, you know, whatever. Moving on to the next fucking failure. Um, unless you guys want to riff on that at all. No? Um, Churchill lost to the Labour Party right after the war. Haha, <laughs> what a dummy. Clement Attlee. Yeah. Um, you know, Clement Attlee. Uh, Churchill had a uh, a saying about Clement Attlee. It's uh, it's on the Netflix, The Crown. Have you ever heard the saying? He's a sh- no. he's a sheep in sheep's clothing. <laughs> That's uh, how Churchill wow. referred to Clement, and he got his seat back as prime minister from the guy within like a term. I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, you know, I I hate Churchill and the evil things he does, but, you know, you got to respect game all the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that one quote? Some, like, lady called him a drunk, and he said, yeah, but in the morning I'll be sober and you'll still be Yeah, sober. you'll still be a bitch oh. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, what a move. If you were my husband, uh, I'd poison your drink. If you were my wife, I'd drink it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And. And like drunkenly leading a, a global empire through a war against race, uh, racial imperialists. Can we draw parallels with Trump there? Do you no, think? we're not doing it. I'm doing. I'm moving on about what a dick he was. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about uh, the the Bangladesh starvings, the around Calcutta area. Right. Uh, he deprioritized food for that area to maintain England in the 41 uh, year. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, uh, Julian, you mentioned earlier that he was at risk of losing England. And to me, that just shows, give me a break, dude. What are the Germans going to do? Fucking sail the Atlantic under, fu- sorry, yeah, sail the Atlantic under naval gunfire, form a beachhead, and then fight the British Empire or every foot of England? It's impossible. I mean, it could. I don't know. It couldn't be done. Not, like, I don't think anybody thought France was going to fall that quickly. That was a, a freak accident and nobody did think that was going to happen <laughs> the the sickle the sickle slocked the uh the tank thrust through the ardennes through the south is a story that i could redo but it's not worth redoing it's like historians go huh i guess warfare kind of changed there and nobody noticed right but like nothing changed about naval invasions in that time <laughs> <laughs> all right okay uh okay he deprioritized food for no fucking reason, and three million Indians starved over it. And that's disgusting, right? That's a crime of empire at the height of empire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's oppression, baby. 
and then the third one is uh, Kenya, the the British Empire again, like throwing fits of rage that they weren't gonna have a global empire as they uh, came out of the World Wars was like really keen on colonizing Kenya, right? And like mm-hmm. my bit on colonizing has always been like it's almost accidental when it comes from the mercs of history you know what i mean like you come in contact with these people you don't have control over all of these evil men how could you right the distances the technologies right and they're Mm -hmm. these evil men that are in your tribe are actively trying to always advance their own interests and power and they just rub up against these other peoples and the the crown throughout you know said they were going to protect these native peoples but you know they just failed to do it at any time but uh whereas compared to the 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 1941 uh calcutta example or the kenya example where they tried to actively colonize kenya from 1901 to 1951 60 somewhere in there right that's disgusting right like that's like you're ethnically cleansing someone industrially centrally planned like uh Mm -hmm. uh, communally decided uh from the inner core right from the ant hill that's the representative of of the ant hills more uh morals that to me is completely unacceptable and a stain on the crown they'll never live down but (laughs) again the commonwealth is still worth it and better than america we're gonna get to at the end um <laughs> yeah so, he's, got a whole, he's got a whole roundabout thing planned here we go i'm yep. getting to it right now uh so uh-huh. okay hang on do we have any zingers to throw out real quick um uh it's it's i have one but it's not very tasteful okay you go, go ahead first. uh okay hey jacob can you speed this thing up at all oh god damn it <laughs> I was going to say Kenya, more like Kenya not colonize me. <laughs> Kenya not? Oh, that's better. <laughs> I don't know. We made the same joke. All I'm right. Sorry. Go glad, ahead. <laughs> I'm glad you made the same joke because I was like, oh, DJ, is the bit that bad? I'm sorry. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> no, we both. We both were just reaching. There were two. There were two low hanging pieces of fruit, and Julie and I went, huh? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we took a baseball bat to them. <laughs> Yeah, so the empire was evil, right? But, like, the crown is not the empire, right? And the crown emerges from before the empire. And I, I want to talk about the world the crown emerges from. And uh, I uh, I have had one video game theme slip from one to the other, and it's going to tie nicely with uh, our uh, last week's thing about House of the Dragons. I was playing that thinking about westeros and then uh westeros is based on the united kingdom right right so i got thinking about their history a lot like their early history and uh like 700 to 1066 is what is that good stuff (laughs) and basically for people who don't know there were like 50 or 60 kingdoms that made up the united kingdom at one point right like Mm -hmm. the the violence that made up the the wars of unification of England are ridiculous, like fratricidal uh, over every inch of land, uh, ethnic cleansings every thirty years or so. Mm-hmm. The it, it it's a story that's is just 
unreal, right? And that's the world that the crown emerges from, and that's how it was everywhere in the world, up until the British Empire ended it, and up mm-hmm. until America started it back up a couple years ago. Did you know slavery, uh, global slavery, has increased, increased by 10 million people over the last couple years? Yeah, I did read about that. That's nuts. Yeah, that sounds right. That's America's fault. The British Empire never did that. You know what I mean? The British, <laughs> the British Empire, for all its faults, you know, it did expand slavery to like almost its uh, apotheosis form, right? Like the worst form that it could have—a god mm-hmm. of slavery, right? Almost. But then, at the height of its power, it went, "Let's go hunt slavers until it's gone," and ended it globally, right? For like eighty years, doesn't exist. To me, that's incredible. But whatever. Um, might have to might have to go back to that one. Uh, yeah, I have a bit about the guy who got it done too. Uh, I think I've done it before. But then, <laughs> but anyways, these these kingdoms, uh, they're made up of you know, uh, Britons that were there, the Welsh, the Corn, uh, the Cornish, and uh, mm-hmm. the, the Scots, right? Yep, the cool, and, the Saxons. And then the Anglo-Saxons come in and kill basically all the Britons that are in the England area today. Yep. And then the Vikings come in and try and kill all of them. Basically, everybody knows this, right? Yeah. But then afterwards, William the Conqueror comes in. And William the Conqueror Oh, oh the Normans. He kills all the Anglo-Saxon and Viking aristocracy. And then the French aristocracy installs itself and starts to, like, breed itself into the fucking English population, which results in the language we speak today, right? Uh-huh. But they, the way they present history is always so weird to me because they divorce William the Conqueror from the England that follows, right? And they do mm-hmm. this because of... Uh, an institution of the crown almost actually and it's inheritance william the conqueror is succeeded by three of his four sons right yeah and it, uh the last son uh is succeeded by uh queen elizabeth no he's succeeded oh. by a guy but the, he he is succeeded by the last king's uh daughter's son so he's succeeded through a female line william the conqueror oh, is basically what right. i'm saying and this is the house plantagenet that i'm sure you've heard yeah. of at one point in history they and owned then, they owned what half of france and they uh were they fought joan of arc these are those people right right yeah richard the Lionheart, right and I've never understood what the impetus was in divorcing William the Conqueror from it, yeah. because to uh-huh. me it, it makes it, it makes the story uh, much more compelling to the British, uh, uh, as if you're trying to paint them as like some kind of heroes, which they're not, right? But like if no. you were if you were trying to paint them as heroes, I would connect William the Conqueror right to the story, right, and be like, mm-hmm. listen. This is was this was a world of bastards, right? And this bastard got to this throne, and this is the he installed this hegemony over this area, and because of that, uh, global technologies happened, and world peace happened for almost two hundred years, and uh, yeah. caloric intakes increased, and things like that, right? Yeah, basically, they they would have to do what you know mainland Europe does with Charlemagne, and just go, ah, oh, yeah. That dude. That's where it all started. Good times. No, Charlemagne didn't go anywhere, <laughs> right? And he had a renaissance within his uh, self, right? But it, yeah. 
the the French didn't win. I guess is the point, right? Like, yeah. the, if if the French had won the Hundred Years' War or the uh, sometime they had attained naval supremacy, maybe we could be talking about the uh, the impact that they had globally, right? But like, mm-hmm. there was only one hegemon for like nearly two hundred and fifty years, right? And it was the British. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I, I, can't, but... I, can't, I can't remember your question, honestly. <laughs> oh, there was no question. I was just making a resemblance. Okay. You, I think you're up to 1066. Yeah. I'm I'm basically near the end of my bit, though. We're only at 32 minutes. I'm panicking, honestly. Oh, <laughs> well, well, okay. Yeah, Queenstead, Queenstead. What what happens next? The, the stakes are so low. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not worried about it. We'll, Oh no, we talked about the carriers already too. We're we're fucked. We'll yep. have to just yeah. riff. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucked. Um, yeah, no, but that's basically the end of my bit. Is like, you know, the empire is evil, but everyone, uh, every empire ever was evil, right? And everyone aspires. Uh, every you know, cringy male around the earth aspires to their little plot of land's greatest time when they held the greatest amount of land, right? Every Egyptian and Syrian dreams of the Arab uh, caliphate. Every uh, German uh, dreams of the Holy Roman Empire, let's say. Mm. And, uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully is correct. Uh, the French dream of Napoleon, right? Like the Spanish dream of uh, ruling all of South America. Like it, it, it's a natural instinct to look back at that those times of glory, right? I don't because I'm ethnically unconnected to the english so i can't i uh <laughs> hey hey let's go i feel disgusted by them but uh i i well they got a they got a german king in the end didn't they uh they George. still do baby i yeah i am primarily uh acadian irish and scottish as my backgrounds and uh mm. all three of those peoples did nothing but get crushed by the British Empire as the amount of uh, their contribution to human progress. Well, no, they put the King of Scotland on the crown for a little bit, didn't the they? The Stuarts? James? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, James. James uh, the first and sixth. And then and sixth. Charles the first and Charles the second also. Yeah, they didn't do so hot. Though, Charles the second did okay, didn't he? Oh, no, he got overthrown, the Glorious Revolution, correct? Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, Mary, Mary kind of bunkled the whole thing up even worse. Yeah, and then they just imported a king. Yeah, yeah, and they just kept doing that. William the Third of Orange, the Dutch king. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh England. Oh England. But anyways. Oh blighty. My my point is. Sure, the empire's evil, and sure, I will always hate on the monarchy, and it is a more than natural instinct to yearn for republic and to not have to, like, even symbolically uh, bend the knee to anybody, right? Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, like, what a useful institution. What stability it has <laughs> wrought for 500 years. What more material battles we have to engage in comrades, you know what I mean? Like... When ev- when everybody yeah. is materially free, I will ask for formal freedom. But until that day, and it won't be my lifetime, and it won't be your children's lifetime, I just, I can't care that the monarchy is there, and I can't help but think 
how can I use them to my ends, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you write your book for King Charles, send it in the mail, maybe he'll be like, oh. I didn't know this. This is a good read. (laughs) But even today in politics, right? Like, the NDP uh, Reddit page today exploded with anti-monarchical statement, and basically all the highest voted comments were like, waste that's wasted political capital right like the monarchy is woven into how canada is made up right like mm-hmm. uh, you guys agree with that mm, yeah yeah uh, it's constant thin thinly woven. no no constitutionally imperative the quebecers leave if they're not under the monarchy they are <laughs> they are here by the thinnest of threads and that is the promises of king george the third that is it. <laughs> and that is to maintain their language, culture, and identity at all costs or whatever. You know, like, All right. Yeah, I guess that's pretty important. And religion. Religion, too. But they care less about the religion now, so we don't care either. <laughs> My favorite thing the British Empire ever did for the world, I guess it wasn't directly by them, but after the second Star Wars movie came out, and Argentina invaded the Falklands. Okay, that wait. The newspaper wait. got mean, to print the headline. The Empire Strikes Back. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the big picture of the aircraft carrier. Good. Very good. I don't know. I don't know how many people died in that war, but. Not that many, but. Uh, Ripped to them. The Argentinians were run by fascists and, uh, like, they have. Yeah, it was CIA back to coup, right? Yeah. They, uh, to, in my opinion, they've never held sovereignty over those lands. The land, it's an island. It's populated by British people. I don't care how many British people. It, it's <laughs> been British for 300 years. I think they'll never give up that island, and I'll always support that for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't see them giving it up anytime soon. Yeah, not to the Argentinians of all fucking people. You like, you know. What what's the what's yeah. the uh, the Dune line? Uh, it, it's uh, oh I gotta find it. It's, uh, no man uh, accepts leadership without combat or something like that. Anyways, not fucking submitting to the Argentinians. <laughs> When's the last fight the Argentinians won? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, kudos to them. It looked like they had it for a minute. No, they didn't. But... Come on. You can't really go up against the Royal Navy. They, yeah, exactly. The Royal Navy had a sortie party, I think, within three days or something like that. And they had conquered the island within two weeks. And it's on the other side of the earth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There is one... And they crushed the entire Argentinian Navy while they were at it, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not a fair fight. The Argentinians were using French gear. <laughs> Just... I, I'm going to try to recount an example of how far they went in the Falklands. Have you guys heard of Operation Blackburn? Nope. I think it's called. Okay. They flew this bomber, uh, like a Vulcan bomber, down to St. Helena, mm-hmm. which I think is near the equator yeah. in the uh, South Atlantic. Yeah. And then they sent that up with 16 air tankers on the way to the Falkland Islands. Nice. Okay. Eight of those tankers are used to refuel everybody. Yeah. And then they head back to base. Four of the remaining tankers are used to refuel the tankers. The other four. Yeah. Yeah. And they head back to base. And then the other and tankers have bomber... a, ref- a return base for return journey. Yep. Yeah, damn. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like eight bombs on it, and like two of them hit the runway. But you gotta appreciate that. Just yeah, the planning, the the razor thin margins, just incredible. Do you know where Saint Helena is, guys? Uh, it's off the coast of Africa. Yeah, just off the coast of Africa. <laughs> like, <laughs> which one? <laughs> what? The the west coast, best coast. Yeah, the the one closest to the target, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, just insane how far they went. Yeah. To keep those islands. <laughs> well, it's about prestige, right? Yeah, people, they didn't want to admit the empire was. The over. empire ends when people think it ends, right? Like, there's a <laughs> bunch of those islands we claim in the Commonwealth around the world, right? If they can take mm-hmm. one, the rest of them are gone within the year, right? Yeah. And I think every one of those islands is invaluable real estate, sacred fucking land. Yeah. You could even call right. Like, I bet they'd love to have Newfoundland right now. Uh, I'd love to have I don't know Saint Lucia or what what what's the state that just left recently that I was so angry left that left wasn't it Barbados? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it must have not or... been them. <laughs> the mu- Trinidad. Trinidad. I was mad about Trinidad because oh. Trinidad's got resources and people and fucking. We just give them up for what reason? We. <laughs> the Commonwealth. The, we, yeah. <laughs> we have, we, I'm talking about you, me, the everybody who lives under uh, the British Empire and its remnants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's racism. That's we don't treat those people right, and then eventually they leave. We should have done everything in our power to keep them here, because they had resources and people, and we have land and resources. We need people, and we need those resources, to, those specialized resources that they have there, which is oil and rubber and sugar. Yeah. Well, we let them come and pick fruits and veggies for us. Disgusting. It's kind of nice. Kind of nice of us. Yeah. My Yeah, <laughs> super nice. The Jamaicans get so mistreated that way. The... Oh my god, it's so bad. The Jamaican islands should serve as a, a colonizing thing for Canada for the next hundred years. They should just radiate people out of that <laughs> tropical fucking paradise and colonize our fucking polar wasteland. I've thought that for a while. <laughs> Loyal servants of the know. crown. I don't know if there's much worth living for up there. There will be one day. The technology will overcome. We'll conquer the sun. Or the climate. <laughs> the climate will conquer the tundra. True. The climate change. I doubt it, though. Like it. Even if it, get, it gets warmer there, there's, the sun just doesn't hit there long enough. And with direct exposure, I think it'll take, a, what's it called, a, a similar thing to terraforming. You'll need a large-scale endeavors, underground, nuclear-powered, uh, UV light, agriculture. This is my dream, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> just massive underground cement complexes, independent communes, kind of like one nuclear powered uh nuclear reactor in the middle and like a spider web of complexes that are independent communes out in the the polar wastes of Canada. Sounds a bit like a nightmare. Why? Sounds like Fallout 76. I like 
the outside. <laughs> you can go outside. Yeah, and die. No. No, it'll be warm, man. It'll be warm by then. I don't know why it'll he wants to be underground, but... <laughs> what? Because it'll be easier to heat them and cool them and everything. Okay, I see. Fair enough. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll be like a door, though. You just... You go like a hobbit hill almost. You know oh, I mean? like <laughs> like a like the end of portal. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> laying it's, in that wheat field. It's not fallout. There's no nuclear radiation outside. There's you're, you're, you're okay. just growing. You're just growing things underground. Yeah, I uh, I okay. think you can't grow things in the Arctic, and uh, nuclear no, power. You don't say. And nuclear power is kind well, of that thing that, you know, it's just there all the time and you got to do something with it. And I think growing food is an excellent fucking use of time. What else are we doing with uranium? Why not grow food? You could, you could throw it into the oh, sun and see what happens. <laughs> Back from whence you came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can become uh, regionally... Uh, autarkic if we uh, use nuclear power ag- nuclear power and agriculture think about like uh, all the uh, inputs we need from around the world sugars and spices and fruits and we could just grow them here instead and we have true endless supplies of nuclear cake uranium you know like the uh, it would be the end of uh, globalization just we all we all have what we need from each other and then we just take it and go okay thanks and make our own <laughs> the commonwealth has what it's ne- what it needs to survive that's why i i support it you know like uh, otherwise why support it it's dead you know what i mean like the americans have what they need to survive that's why they can be supported the china the communist party of china does not have what they need to survive that's why i do not support them they're going to collapse they don't have the resources. They could take it from the Russians, I think. I've discovered recently. Unless uh, Cocksure on Peter Zihan's work about the end of the communists now. But I still think it's coming. But uh, there's oil just north of there in uh, Siberia and Russia. And the, the, mm-hmm. chi- the Chinese could take it. But the Russian policy is if the Chinese cross the border, the Russians end Chinese civilization. Right? So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I could see like a whole a united Eurasia. Uh, it starts with Russia and China buddying up because they're both sinking. I uh, I could see that if uh, Russia dissolves here, uh, if Putin's assassinated in this collapsing offensive, and uh, yeah. Russia dissolves into more like a federated uh, district of cities, like uh, the oblasts all just peeks out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyone who knows anything about Russia knows it's a very like decentralized network, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's a very like despite all this propaganda about like uh, the authoritarian power of Putin, which he does have, right? Like, it's not like it, it's the Russian Empire of old. It's a it's a federated republic. It's a machine that works on its own and respects the nationalities within it, which are multiple and diverse Mm -hmm. but yeah but you know can also maximize the power that they can extract from them right it's not like a a friendly machine i'm not trying to 
propagandize for Russia. Sometimes I come across as doing that because I'm trying to resist American propaganda. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's it's important to note that that one isn't the anti of the other. They're yeah. both they're both independent and they're both bad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But in unique and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, to... one is blue and the other one's red. <laughs> that's what I grade can... five social studies taught me. Which doesn't mean good and bad, even though that's what culture teaches you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the offensive I, I just mentioned the uh, sure. the, the Russians. Uh, I think oh, yeah. DJ. Asked. Yeah, dive right in. I don't really have much to say other than I just wanted to bet that I don't think it has any strategic. Uh, effect any uh, real effect on the war on the course of the war they've taken something like 100 kilometers you know you can drive that in a day that's how I think about warfare now how far yeah. do I <laughs> uh, all I, uh, there's a saying that I really love about warfare that is you have to remember that the essence of war is you gather some buddies and you try and go out and kill some other people right mm-hmm. and you do it day in day out and uh, the uh, I forget what it was going. I ju- I just get so scared by that statement. It's so fucking yeah. gross. It's so it's, it's so it's yeah. terrifying. I don't know. I think they are making some pretty serious headway. I get some of the tactical maps through Tumblr, and they've they've taken some sizable chunks. But yeah. Okay. Obviously, I don't know for how long. Yeah, that's the point, right? Again, uh, I think I said in our group chat, 33 million people can't attack 133 million. And uh, Julian responded something like, you know, uh, they're funded by NATO, which is a a fair point, right? But NATO gave them all the stingers and all the the missiles, the tow missiles that they had, and then they ran Mm -hmm. out of those. And then they moved on to the Excalibur shells. And now we're running out of these Excalibur shells, these M... uh, the artillery shells, the 105 millimeter shells that can, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, they have fins that guide them through the air and they can hit tanks, right? Which makes them a newer weapon that uh, is effective against the greatest weapon that the Russians can draw upon, which is the tens of thousands of Soviet tanks that have been left to them, right? Like, yeah. And if all tanks are ineffective, basically as the next tank, because a missile can knock them out, that means mm-hmm. all all tanks are about as effective as each other, right? So T-34s are now viable weapons again, is what I read online, right? <laughs> I never would have guessed that, right? And they have thousands of them, oh, yeah. right? They just warehouse them Yeah, all. none of them went away. The, they were not beaten into plowshares after the war, those sores, <laughs> right? And yeah. it makes total sense, right? If If it's not about an engagement of the knights of your nation, right? Like a duel between, a a charge between these nobility, right? And it's instead a gutter fight between armored sergeants, right? That's Mm going to just be a a civilizational grind. Then you're right. It really doesn't matter how great the tank is. Does it run? Does it have a gun? Can it hit about a kilometer? It's good to go, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Full send. Yeah, full send is right. Put a machine gun on her and go. And uh, <laughs> and so the the Ukrainians have run out uh, have run out of these Excalibur shells and production on military equipment without like wartime uh, <clears throat> emergency powers is basically impossible, right? Like they ordered 
uh, Raytheon, I think, produces the uh, the tow missiles or whatever were that were being celebrated at the beginning, the anti-tank sure. missiles. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. Sure, can't yeah. remember what the the actual anti tank missile that was being celebrated, javelins. Um, they were uh, really they ordered Raytheon to make more javelins, triple the amount that they were making, mm-hmm. and, and uh, the amount they they ordered turned out to be two thousand for the year, and they used two thousand in that offensive to bring the Russians <laughs> to a standstill, and that was everything the Americans had. Right, every javelin they yeah. had, two thousand. Mm-hmm. Well. Every javelin they could spare. Yeah, no, they kept some. You're right. I'm being, I'm yeah. being a little. I'm sure there's national guard bases just full of. Them. No, no, they they only kept a couple hundred. I think was the stat, but they they kept enough that they could deal with anybody in any sphere of the world at any point. <laughs> they <laughs> they not wanted to give up yeah. an advantage, uh, but the Excalibur shells, you know, those are hard to produce as well. 105 millimeter cannons are easy to knock out themselves. Those are hard to produce. I don't know. Yeah, no. I think uh, NATO has just ensured a grind. A big old grind in the middle of Eastern Europe where everybody can spend a ton of money. I foresee the end of NATO, honestly, because uh, you're right. It's going to be a grind. The grind will sp- spread and... Uh, me and you, and basically anyone with a vote, uh, with a brain on this side of the uh, world, will not go to fight in that fucking quagmire of a war, right? Will not. Oh no, we're gonna fight to the last Ukrainian. Yeah, we're gonna fight to the last Ukrainian. But what happens when the poles start picking a fight? Because the Russians have weakened themselves so significantly, right? The poles pick up Abrams uh, tanks. Uh, Two years out from now, I think, 150 Abrams tanks. You line up 150 Abrams tanks end to end, and they will wipe out any T-34 they come across, right? Until like the gates of Moscow, right? That's dangerous. That's the Moscow starts thinking about tactical nukes, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's it. I just see it spiraling out of control, and I just see no interest of mine to get involved. It's a very British at, uh, attitude, now that I'm thinking about it, to go full circle on the <laughs> show. It's, uh, <laughs> we live across the ocean. It's it's very hard for us to be really invested in what's going on in Europe. That's Which true. is A, we terrible, really and B, the reality of the situation. Um, yeah. I yeah, I, 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 I'm invested. I, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know what the word is. I, um... I don't think it's a, I don't think it's in the national interest <laughs> yeah to go fight in that war so I wouldn't oh, vote absolutely for it. not Oh yeah we're definitely not fighting it Yeah and but let, I think it's going to be If it spreads sorry, sorry if it spreads we would have to eventually right like, Yeah Maybe yeah Yeah I mean this is a this know. is a regional conflict right now but yeah Poles are itching it for a go the Estonians the Latvians the Lithuanians are itching for a go they uh-huh. all all three of those last countries celebrate their SS units that were raised without fail. The uh, one of them I can't remember was the first country to be compl- uh, con- to be uh, announced Judenrein, which means clean of Jews. Uh oh. There were twelve Jews that survived. I think it was Lithuania. Could have been Latvia. Could have been Estonia. I just can't remember which country it was. But one of them, only 12 Jews survived. 
And uh, another of them comes in third place for most Jews wiped out by percentages, right? Like, these are countries that celebrate what Nazism do, did. They, they hated the advances that communism gave them. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, dude. Yeah, no. I think it's just going to be it's a like a on a simmer right now, and I think there could be a little more pop and sizzle. But I think it's it's they're they're gonna they're just gonna boil away the interesting parts, and then I don't know. I don't know. Klopp, figure it out quietly. <laughs> Klauswitz says war tends to heat up, right? It tends to spiral out of control. It doesn't tend to just fights don't tend to end. They tend to increase until like a new order is brought about yeah yeah but i don't know but looking at the wars of the 21st century like iraq and afghanistan were not especially that's uh, that was the order that's been the order since 45 only one guy gets to go around the world uh, fucking people up and that's the americans the soviets did it once and they collapsed (laughs) yeah that's true Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll keep bringing you coverage here from Left Look. Yeah. Oh, I I just wanted to say that the uh, I'm I'm saying that all these countries are spreading Nazi uh, propaganda. But mm. The the Russians are like barely a shade better. Better if all these Eastern European countries are like outwardly Nazifying themselves, then the Russians are fascists, and you know, birds of a feather, they can all die <laughs> together. But like. Yeah. Whatever. All of these, uh, all of these countries being hit by the Nazification gas. <laughs> the Ukrainians like actively celebrate and propagandize their SS unit all the time in the news. The yeah, I can't remember what it was called right now because Azov. No, that that's. Uh... Oh, you mean like their World War Two? Yeah. The, the yeah, uh, yeah. well, we do too, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we celebrate the the SS units in Canada. Yes, we do because we have so yeah. m- so many Ukrainian uh, immigrants. I, yep. I hate that. I, That's incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna Google the uh, division before we close out the hour. Okay. But yeah. The only hope, if you're listening from <laughs> Russia, join the Communist Party there and uh, do your thing. And give yeah. them what for? The yeah. <laughs> Tell them left look sent you. <laughs> don't don't say that. They'll come for us. Don't say that. Yeah. Tell them right hook. Sent yeah. You. Or right gaze. Yeah, yeah. The right gaze, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the number two podcast from the Gato Institute. No, that'd be number one if there was if it existed. <laughs> yeah, but we can't say that. Come on. Uh, yeah. We can't we let can't them say have it that. doesn't exist. They don't like that. Um. So the the division that was recruited from the Ukraine was called the 14th Waffen Grenadier, sorry, Grenadier, Grenadier Division of the SS, 1st Galician, also also known as the 1st Galician Division. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck those guys, that's right. And they're they're propagandized all the time on uh, uh, Ukrainian, pro-Ukrainian channels. I guess that's the hour. Yeah. Yeah, good hour, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we we did it. We didn't talk about the Queen yeah. as much as we thought we would. Hope you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bye.
You choked. Yeah, I like I like the exact part where uh, you can tell Jacob just goes, "Oops, <laughs> it's only thirty minutes in." 